This is Napkin Scribbles, a podcast by Arthur and Professor Leonard Sweet. Today's Napkin Scribble is sponsored by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. Now here's Leonard Sweet. I'm excited to be back with you for our third year of Napkin Scribbles, and it's Great to be partnering with Andrew again and to be a part of this, this project. If you're listening, I wonder how many of you who are listening are multilingual. Some of you may be even trilingual. The, the early church, most everybody had some facility with a few words in multiple languages. Uh, you ever wonder, what did Jesus and Pilate talk in. I mean, Pilate's native tongue was Latin. Jesus' mother tongue was Aramaic. So how do they talk to one another? <laughs> what, what do they use to communicate? And I think most likely it was Greek and because it was kind of a language that, that of, of commerce and, and, and governance and that kind of thing. But it, it is amazing to me, people that... Um, and speak multiple languages. And my two brothers um, both raised their kids up bilingual and they only spoke German in the home and uh, English outside. But it, it uh, I'm, I raised my kids just unilingual, <laughs> just English. But, um, but there's something to be said for speaking multiple languages. And and so I, I kind of feel deprived that I didn't learn multiple languages as a kid and I didn't do that with my kids. But wait a minute, all of you listening to my voice today is multilingual. I don't care how badly you did in, in third grade grammar as I did or whether you passed or failed eighth grade French or, or Latin or whether you were reared in a bi or trilingual household. We all speak different languages to some degree. And we don't even appreciate the fact that just to survive in today's world, well, let me give you an example. Any, anybody listening speak Spanish? Well, of course you do. Burrito, jalapeno, taco, um, margarita. You're not supposed to know that one. Um, but there's a whole host of Spanish. You can't get through life without speaking some Spanish. How about Japanese? You don't speak any Japanese. Well, you do. Sure you do. Karaoke, sushi, tsunami. Um, how about German? Sure you do. Gesundheit, bratwurst, autobahn. I mean, um, if I reveal some big surprise, would you declare voila, voila? Or do you speak French? Um, what about depot? Chauffeur, all French words. So we all speak specialized vocabularies in certain languages. Um, and then we also learn tech speak. I mean, this whole technology, gig this, cloud that, binary units, RAMs, REMs, MEGs. I mean, 10 years ago, who would have thought that the primary mode of communication between uh, government power and political power would be something called a tweet. I mean, what language is that? And, and there's the whole language of gastro speak. Food is the easiest language to learn because if it tastes good, 
and, and fills you up, you'll remember what you ate. So we got lasagna, we got boulebets, we got uh, all sorts of things that um, have yummy words to go with them. So we know food language. And you say, well, I may have a vocabulary in Italian of a couple hundred words, but it's all from a menu. Well, so what? You, you know, you know Italian. Um, and uh, you know what it is to talk about marinara and parmesan and rigatoni and ravioli. I could keep going. There's a wonderful story in Matthew where Peter has three times denied knowing Jesus. And after already twice denied knowing Jesus, Peter is finally confronted by a bystander who, who accuses him with these words, certainly you are also one of them for your speech betrays you. Did you get that? Your speech betrays you. The mere sound of Peter's voice and how he talked revealed him to be a follower of Jesus. Your speech betrays you. Does our speech betray us? Is there anything in our speech that would, quote, betray us as a follower of Jesus? Do we still carry the words and accents of Jesus in our in our day-to-day language? Do we voice the language of Jesus and make sure it slips into our day-to-day vernacular? Are we as fluent in Jesus-speak as we are in English and Spanish and French or Chinese or techno or gastro? And so what I'm arguing is our speech should betray us. As followers of Jesus, we should sound different than the culture clatter that surrounds us every day. Our vocabulary should be spiked and, and peppered and salted with words that maybe sound strange to the world's ears, but offer comfort to all those who, who live in Christ and know what that means. So scripture comes to us through these, these three root languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. And each of these provides a very long and strong taproot for the growth of faith in this world. So what I want to do in this season of napkin scribbles is, is look at some of the basic building blocks of a Christian vocabulary that comes to us from both the Hebrew and the Greek. In other words, I'm arguing here that there are certain Greek and Hebrew words that every Christian should know. And we should cultivate um, with our kids and with each other a facility and a felicity in these Greek and, and Hebrew words. So I, I've come up with a dozen, uh, maybe 14, depending on uh, the time. But, um, but I want to I spend some time with you in these napkin scribbles, just having fun, just delving into some some Greek and Hebrew. That doesn't mean you got to know the whole language, but there ought to be. I mean, I can't speak Italian fluently, but I know a lot of Italian words, and so do you. So we're going to have some fun, but it's going to exercise a little bit. There's this psalm, Oh Lord, you know me. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am intricately woven in the depths of the earth. How weighty are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. How weighty 
are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them? That's verse 17. If you're not struggling with weighty thoughts that are beyond easy comprehension or ease of communication, then maybe they're not godly enough. Lord, increase our faith really means, Lord, stretch me. Stretch me in mind, body, and spirit. So these napkin scribbles are going to be little stretching exercises that increase our faith. And maybe at the end of the 13th, 14th napkin scribbles, how many, however many we do, maybe you'll have some stretch marks to show for it. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this journey of napkin scribbles, the season where we explore the Greek and Hebrew words every Christian ought to know to see if our speech might betray us, that we too are followers of Jesus of Nazareth. Thank you for listening to Napkin Scribbles. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with a friend today. Today's Napkin Scribbles was sponsored by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. For Professor and Arthur Leonard Sweet, until next time, happy scratching and scribbling.